Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 34. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week's episode is the second installment of the 30 Days to Grow special. Forest Salon Software CEO Ronan Percival will interview John the Julius from John Roberts Salon. And as always, we top off the show with our upcoming Forest Academy webinars. This podcast is produced every Monday morning for your enjoyment with a cup of coffee on your day off. Now, let's get into the show. So, Ronan, welcome to the show. It's not that we're it's feeling nice. lazy, but we just feel like kind of passing the reins over to you for this one. Okay. Um, special guest. such a great job with Ellen on the last episode. <laughs> exactly. Know? We just think we'll uh, invite you on a bit yeah. more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I didn't um, do much speaking that one, but she was great. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and welcome to the show, of course, John DeJulius. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yeah, delighted to have you on the show. So, um, you want to kick it off, Ron? Yeah. So, okay. So, basically, the the as a lot of you probably know, we a couple of weeks ago we started off the thirty days to grow campaign, um, which has been going fantastically well, and we we have just under fourteen hundred salon owners now getting uh, tips and tasks every day. To help grow their grow their salon and the results have been great so what um when a lot of people ask me like what what is the 30 days to grow you know what where did it come about and i guess it comes about from the idea that to make big improvements in your business or to do anything big in life it's not about some big hail mary or one big thing it's about lots of little steps done well give you big results and it's always much easier for for someone, and I certainly found this in my own business and still do, um, is that when you have a, um, you know, if you have to do something and it's small, you're much more confident and able to do it. Whereas if you have some huge mammoth task, you can sometimes shy away from it and end up doing nothing. Um, and that's really what the, the whole ethos of 30 Days to Grow is. And it seems to be really catching fire with, with the salon owners, which is brilliant. So um, we have today with us John DeJulius, who keynoted our, our Salon Owner Summit uh, back in 2016, and he's on the line from, from Cleveland, I believe. Um, it is Cleveland, isn't it, John? It is. It yeah. is Cleveland. Beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, and um, you guys can't see this because obviously this is on a podcast, but um, we're looking at the camera, looking at his window, and it looks very green out there and looks lovely. It looks so um, much brighter yeah. than Ireland. <laughs> and a, a lot better than, yeah, this, this, this room here, um, but, um, which is soundproofed, but um, no views. But anyway, uh, the, yeah, so, so John, um, I guess, uh, you know, you've got, you know, you've decades of experience now in the, in the hair and beauty industry and obviously in the customer service industry as well, generally outside of hair and beauty. Um, and um, I wanted to kind of ask you a couple of questions around what you think are things that, uh, you know, steps that people can take and, um, and what, what they would get the biggest impact with maybe for the, the smallest amount of money or effort. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, maybe effort is wrong, but um, but in terms of uh, being a, a smaller step. So the, the first one I wanted to ask about is um, uh, a lot of people on the outside who aren't in the hair and beauty industry, um, to me anyway, seem to underestimate or undervalue the beauty industry or the beauty sector. Um, would that be something you would agree with or have noticed? And if so, how come? You know, I actually think it, it, it's, it's really taken a trend the opposite way. I, I do mm. believe that was the case 10, 20 years ago. But I think um, the power of the, uh, the hairdresser, the, the service provider, and the impact that they have, um, there's a story. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but 
you know, a, a, a therapist, you know, that, that went to school for a long, long time, a doctor, uh, was telling different patients to, uh, you know, after a while, you know, it's time to leave your husband, right? He's abusive. Um, it's yeah. time to quit smoking. It's time to quit that job. All different, all different uh, therapists. And, and he started seeing a pattern that these different uh, patients would come in and they'd say, you know, I left, I left my husband. And he said, you listen to me? And they said, no, 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 no. Um, my, my, my hairdresser told me to. <laughs> and he was like, that was odd. And then the next one came and said, I finally quit that job and started my business. And he said, you, you, you finally took my advice after 12? No, 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 no. Like, they almost didn't even remember him telling him. They, he, they said my hairdresser suggested it. And so then he, you know, got into studying the impact of, you know, we're the only profession that legally touches people in a positive way gets paid for it, and just the transcendent thing of when we're touching people and making them feel good and the bond and, and emotional connection we can yeah. make is unparalleled to anyone else. I mean, you think of everyone that can touch you, it's, it's usually not a positive experience. It's a test. It's a shot. It's a physical, and, you know, that, that isn't the same that we have. So I really yeah. think that uh, people are, are intrigued by yeah. our industry and the connection we're able to give. That's awesome, John. And I, I wonder, that kind of leads me on then to the next thing, which again, I'd be interested to, to get your your uh, opinion about, is that something I've seen is that hundreds, if not thousands of salon owners that, that I know um, over the last 10 years are, are really afraid. Like It's like they lack that confidence that you just talked about having that they lack enough confidence in their business, that they might have that confidence in that relationship they have with their clients, um, but they lack it in their business in the form of, say, maybe not putting their prices up even if all their costs have gone up over the last 10 years, that they're almost afraid to, to, to make that move. Is that something you've seen? Or, or again, maybe you're, you're seeing, seeing it different. You know, I see a bigger disparity now. Right where the average price was, you know, everyone was close to the average price, and not yeah. enough people were raising. Now I see really, really high end, and, and, and then and then low. I don't see a lot of middle, and and that's kind of dangerous. Um, it all depends on your market, but so there's a couple things at play. Um, we got to raise our prices if we're educating ourselves. Now, listen, if you haven't, and this goes for any business I'd be talking to, if you haven't put any education in yourself into your uh, service providers, yeah, you don't deserve uh, to raise your prices. But, you know, listen, if they're listening to this uh, podcast and they're connected with four salons, I got to believe they're elite and they are educating themselves um, artistically and business-wise. And mm. if they are, they deserve to be. Uh, listen, we don't go to a, a, a take three days off or take a week off or fly to Dublin for a, a, your summit to come back and make the same amount of money next year. Um, we do it so we could bring more value, more experience, mm -hmm. and more expertise to our clientele. And, you know, so we do that. We have to, you know, charge, uh, you know, be able to charge more. And it's crazy to me that prices go up in everything. Our rent goes up. Our, our product cost goes up. Um, our damn software company charges us more per year. Uh, just kidding, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we'll but, you put know, up our prices X. in 10 years, I'd like to say that. Anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to say that. <laughs> yeah, we've added a lot of value, though. Yeah. <laughs> right, maybe yeah. you be listening to this, okay? Yeah. Um, and, you know, people want to, you know, are expect to pay a premium. Yeah. So I have a lot of, uh, you know, um, you know, we got to make price irrelevance. Mm. And clients love 
to pay, you know, pay more. You know, they, they like the brand. Listen, you know, Gucci and, and, and all the rest brands, they aren't struggling. People like to wear those brands. So the, the most expensive anything is the most sought after. But, again, I want to preface this, is you have to justify it. Now, assuming everyone's justifying it by educating, staying cutting edge, you better bring it because if you're not, you're, you know, as a salon owner, my service providers aren't going to make more money next year and they're going to get stale. They're going to get angry while their rent, their mortgage, their car payments go up. They're going to start taking a loss. But, you know, I can go on all day with this because it's something I'm very passionate yeah. about. Um, you know, too many people discount. And to me, discounting is the tax you pay for being average. Um, we don't compete in price wars. We compete in experience wars. And the other thing that is really important here, is, you know, a couple more things. I'm sorry I'm going to you know, go on. No, this is great. But yeah. um, people, um, when, when you're really good and you're the best mm. and your price is close to the average or below average, you then lose your expertise. Because people expect there to be a gap. And now, once your price is too close to the average or below average salons, anything you're doing, then it gives them the perception that you must not be that much better. And why should they pay $5 more? And the last really big point I want to make is, you know, in my 25 years of owning a salon, you know, we have service providers that, you know, start off at $30, $40 when they go on the floor, and, and, and they're all the way up in, in six, seven years to 125 And they've all been nervous, and no one's ever lost a clientele. No one's ever lost money going up because we make sure their retention rates, their request rates, you know, justify that thing. Now, they'll lose a client or two, but the, the ones that stay. But the really big point I want to mention here is – you know, if, if, if uh, you know, Ronan goes on the floor tomorrow at my salon or any salon at our lowest price, people aren't coming to him because he's Ronan. He has this great reputation. They're coming to him because he's available right now at 4 o'clock and maybe because he's only charging $40, which is our least price. That's understandable. As Ronan starts building a clientele and people are word of mouth talking about him, um, and he goes up to 50, he goes up to 60. The beautiful thing is as you go up in price, when he gets to 65, people aren't coming to you because you're a deal at 65, right? There's cheaper options. They're coming to you because they're seeking you out because of the people they work with, the friends, you know, they like how they look. And so what you have to understand is as your prices go up, the new clients you get at your higher prices are less price sensitive. At 40, they came to you because you're a 40. At 70, they didn't come to you because you were 70. They came to you because they heard uh, so many people talking about it. So when you go from 70 to 85, they don't care. They weren't coming to you because you were cheap. They were coming to you because of the demand that you were creating. So as we get higher, it's easier to go higher because people aren't price sensitive at a higher price point. It's like a yeah, positive feedback loop almost. Where the higher you go, the higher you can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I mean, listen, it's, it's I, like a car. I, I, if yeah. BMW or Mercedes goes up $7,000 this year and you were paying yeah. ninety, and it goes up to ninety-seven, that's probably not a deal breaker for if you were going for a less expensive car at thirty-two and it went up to thirty-five, that might be more of a deal breaker for you. Yeah. So, like, just to, like, so obviously, um, 
that makes so much sense for the people at the higher end or the mid to higher end. You know, once you're kind of away from, um, you know, people who are looking for deals and those kind of customers. But like, say I am, you know, and, and I'm sure there's listeners to this podcast who are in that area and that, that'll be fantastic advice. But what about the salons that are at the lower end, you know, or are have a have a model that is, um, that, you know, that is based on price and things like that. And, and they're trying to to break out of that. Have you got any tips for how to do that? You know what I mean? If you've built up that that over many years with your clients and you, you need to move away from it. How, how do you go about it? Because a lot of them I know would say to me, yeah, but I can't because I'll lose my clients, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. And that was us 25 years ago. Our average price was like $23 because we just wanted, hoping that someone would walk in the door. Um, so, you know, one of the best things to do is uh, a lot of times, you know, I'll say to Zoe, you know, Zoe, you're not on time. You're not, you're dressed, you know, you're dressed like you just came home from last night out, right? But then at 7.30 tonight, Zoe runs to the mirror and she starts doing her makeup and hair because she's going out with her friends, right? And why isn't she doing that at 7.30 a.m.? And, you know, so you might bug Zoe and say, Zoe, you got to come, you know, dress better. You got to come more professional. You got to come, you know, all these things. And Zoe might say, hey, when I charge $50, I'll do that. And, you know, the whole point is, you know, Zoe, give a $50 experience today only charge them 20 25 and think how easy it will be to raise your prices to $30 next year, right? And so one of the exercises I love to do with, with my staff and, and any staff is say, hey, what? Well, let's say we're going to charge $500, or let's say a salon is going to open next door from us and compete with us, and they're going to charge $500 for a haircut. Oh, my God. What, what would that be like when you called up? What would a $500 Booking an appointment, Vila, what would they, how would they answer, right? Ronan, it's great to hear from you again, you know, and, and they take their time. They wouldn't, when you walked in, right, what would a $500 greeting be like, right? Hopefully it's a hug, right? Hopefully it's a double. You're picking me up. You're squeezing me. You can't believe it's me. Uh, what would a $500 shampoo be like? Would it even be legal, Right. Um, yeah. so when you go through That's all those steps, yeah, yeah. When, you go, when you go through all those steps and you write down all the things you would do differently if you charge $500, mm. about 19 out of 20 of them doesn't cost us any more. Yeah. So then we say, all right, why don't we do these, but only charge 25 or only charge 35, whatever we're charging. And let's give a $500 haircut, charge 25 and how easy will it be? to raise our prices five, seven dollars next year. So it all comes back, which I'm sure is where you're leading to, the experience. Well that's a fantastic yeah. I, I John, I think that's a fantastic um step. Um even if if we're not doing it this year, but it's a it's a great one for you to get your team around, just sit down, grab a coffee for an hour and just go, imagine, you know, what whatever the price point is, let's imagine the price was triple what it is. What would we do? You know what I mean? Like let's just brainstorm on that. And that's, that's easy to do. It's fun to do. And like you said, nine out of 10 things are going to be free. So, you know, why don't you do it? And then you're going to find it easier to raise. Yeah. You're also getting your staff involved. The same thing, uh, Rowan, with, uh, what if we charge a million dollars for a keynote? Yeah. Right. And we went through that whole process (laughs) and, 
you know, now the next time you hire me, I'm hoping we could charge you a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we won't be having you at the summit next time. But yeah, yeah. No, I mean, okay, how are we going to charge? Yeah, how are we going to be able to pay that? Yeah, we can start thinking about it that way. Yeah, um, that's yeah that that's a brilliant um, step that anyone can take. It's easy to do, as Killian just said there. It it involves your team as well, so it gets their creative juices going. You know, that's um, it's a great activity to do. It's fantastic. Um, so the next thing then I, I really want to talk, which is obviously your, um, is your sweet spot is, is delivering moments of magic. Um, and it's something that we've, we took from you many years ago. And, and especially when you did that session with our whole team, which for people listening to this podcast, John was over at our summit and he, he spent, um, a half a day with, with our whole team working on, on ways to deliver kind of moments of magic to you guys. Um, and we get, we get great feedback on those things all the time. Um, we have what's called a Slack channel where people like whenever we hear somebody's getting married or somebody's had sort of a bereavement, we, we everyone jumps on it. And we get to send stuff or even difficulties yeah. with the business or anything like yeah, that. Exactly. Just little yeah, kind yeah. of uplifters. So, so like moments of magic. One of the steps we we've said is coming up very shortly. Actually, on the, on the thirty days to grow. One of the steps is, um, we want you and your team to think about what can you do one moment of magic with every single person that walks in the door today? And we have given them some ideas, but, um, yeah, I'd love to kind of get your, your thoughts on something like that and how you would do it or. Yeah. I love, I love the moment of magic. I love what you're doing. I, 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 I don't know um, if my salon is, is registered for this stuff, but I love this 30 days to growth, um, and looking at it. And, and what I like about it is, is, what you're doing is the exact same thing I want my employees doing. Um, we focus on, you know, goals and outcomes too much, right? And so I'm going to take this totally from a different direction. We want to lose 12 pounds. Yeah. And when you focus on losing 12 pounds, you get discouraged in, in the moment because this week I only lost a quarter of a pound. And you realize, you know, I still have 11 pounds and three quarters to go. And it gets frustrating. But if you looked at, you know, a quarter of a pound a week is really good. And so if you only focus on this week, so let me take it to now, the, you know, I want to make $12,000 more this year. Or I want, you know, I, I want to, you know, we, with too many of us, every business, especially the salon industry, hairdressers, saloners, think it's about the outcome. And the outcome is that she's going to love her haircut, her highlights, her pedicure, her facial. And to be honest, that's the least thing that has to do with customer loyalty. And that's the biggest myth is, listen, when I'm paying a premium price or a good price, I expect a good haircut. Mm. I expect my accountant to do my books correctly. And I expect my dentist to stop my tooth from hurting. And if that's all they do, I'm not going to be loyal. I expect any good dentist to stop my tooth from hurting. I expect any good uh, accountant to do my books correctly, and I expect any uh, quality hairdresser to give me a great haircut. That's a commodity, and the problem is that's an outcome. That's the results. And so exactly what you're doing, the 30-day and the, the, the moments of magic, it's about the micro moments. It's about when I call up to the salon, to the doctor's office, to the accountant, and they put me on hold. And I ask them a question. They say, let me check and see if, if Zoe is, is available Thursday. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. 
And now, you know, um, you know, Alex picks up the phone and says, thank you for calling John Roberts. How may I help you? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, are they a bunch of idiots? Or I walk into the doctor's office or the hair salon and the hostess and receptionist are busy talking and not recognizing me. And they finish their conversation. Or my hairdresser, doctor's running 45 minutes late and no one bothers to tell me or give me the option to run to the store and, and do something else with my time. And it's those. And so moments of, of, of magic to me is carpe momento. Seize the moments, okay? And that's what we have to do. It's about the moments that we have. And we got to be about providing magical moments on every interaction, whether it's face-to-face, click-to-click, or ear-to-ear, right? On the phone, sending you an email, or greeting you. And so now I'll get into some specifics, Mm. but I love where you're going with this. Um, You know, I tell people we have to greet people like you're my friend from high school I haven't seen in 15 years, and I double take. What's that like if I would see my best friend from high school, right? The guy we got in trouble, we sat in the principal's office together, you know, we, we, we you know, pulled that prank at prom and, you know, and, you know, pulled the fire drill and emptied in the sprinkler, whatever that may be. If I saw you at the beach, at the mall, it would be a double take. Ronan, is that really you? I'd grab you, I'd be like, oh my God. And there are people, so, so the greeting and we can do this with new clients, and we can do this with regular clients, and we do this with each other, is there you are. You give people the greeting. You don't say these words, but with the expression, there you are. I'm like, I, I oh, my God, it's really you. Mm-hmm. So I go up road, and I saw that you were on my book day. I was so excited to see you. I also wanted to know how that job interview went the last time you were here. You were telling me about you were interviewed, or did you get that promotion, or did you pop the question to your fiancé or your, your girlfriend? Now, if Zoe's a new client, I could do there you are with her. I come up and hear Zoe. I was so I love when I have new clients. I get so excited because of the transformation I get to do with new clients. How is Zoe gonna feel compared to anyone else she's ever, you know? I want to give her the best greeting that she's gotten today. The only person that is allowed to greet Zoe better is her dog when, you know, she gets all the jokes on her, <laughs> her and it's her face, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's at least so in, easy. in the yeah. States, yeah, this costs nothing. Don't lick the face. Blows people don't lick the yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, don't lick the face. Um, but uh, yeah, like, I love that as well, because like, even just being specific about that, if you're going to do a moment of magic, if just everybody that comes through the door, you give them that kind of greeting, costs you nothing, takes up no extra time, boom. Client is going to be delighted. Yeah. Like it yeah. might might feel awkward at first doing it the first time, but yeah. the second time you meet that client, it's going to be natural because you've yeah. already gotten over it. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, it's just that. But I mean, I try to teach this with myself, my boys. Like yeah. when you get in an elevator, everyone's a stranger, right? And this is called being an energy giver, mm. right? I get in the elevator, five people. I don't know them. I'll be, dude. I like your glasses, or I'll look to a, a man or a woman and say, "Those are cool shoes." And I know it sounds silly, but listen, the four of us talking right now, mm. we all spent, you know, 15 extra minutes and, and Ronan, you were driving your, your significant other crazy this morning saying, hey, does this gray sweater go with this red <laughs> And she's like, oh my God, that's the fifth outfit, I, you know, but you took, we all did, we take extra time and say, is this the right time. combination? Yeah. And when you <laughs> recognize someone and say, you know, dude, I like that. I like that sweater. I like this. It makes them feel good, right? We've all taken that extra time 
and you know to reward it. But it has to be authentic. Yeah. It has. And the other thing I want to go into here, which is really low hanging fruit, yeah. is every employee should do the five E's. And you've probably remembered me sharing this. The five E's on every interaction takes takes less than five seconds to do. The first three E's take one second simultaneously. Mm. Eye contact, enthusiastic greet, ear-to-ear smile. So as soon as I see you, Ronan, right? Mm. Boom, I just did it. Eye contact, enthusiastic greet, ear-to-ear smile. The fourth E is engage you. When I engage you, it's about you, not me. It's about your job, your life, what's going on, using your name, right? Mm-hmm. Ford, which uh, we, we, you know, we can talk about in a second. Yes. And then the fifth E is so important, is so important, is educate you, okay? So educate you, and that could be the receptionist scheduling an appointment, making sure that you know she knows who the right person is to get them in and out and educating with their time to educating, you know, you know, Zoe, my first time client. But even if it's Zoe's my 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 you know regular client that comes in every week, don't discount. I want to educate Zoe every time I see her. So Zoe's like, damn, there is not a smarter hairdresser than John. And remind Zoe that I just got back from a class. I just listened to a podcast. Just so Zoe knows there is no one more cutting edge than me. So instead of getting too often to Zoe's personal life or my personal life, as I'm going through Zoe's hair, I'm reminding her of the right texture and why. And I know it's the summertime and you might be going to the beach or humidity. And here's the things and products and, you know, tricks that you're going to need to be doing during this time of year. And just educating so, you know, we get comfortable. I know you. You know, I think you know how great I am. So I stop educating you, stop reminding you how smarter I am. And, you know, then you go to a party and you see a really cool haircut and you might not think I know it. So you might ask that person where they got their haircut. And so five E's, eye contact, enthusiastic, ear-to-ear smile, engage you, educate you. Do it every time. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I'm robbing that. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> have to update that. That's yeah. a magic step. Yeah, to definitely. Have that. Yeah. So, so good. Um, that's fantastic, John. I, I, um, I've got a big one for you, man. Um, Challenging. No, I'll keep that to the end because I was going to do one more, but we're going to ask you some more stuff because this is going great. Um, okay, I'll ask you this. If there's one thing you could change in the, in the, in the beauty industry, what would it be? The, uh, the lack of prof- – it's probably too many answers, but the lack of professionalism – the uh, um, seriousness, the uh, hairdressers give themselves. Um, yeah. So when I got into it, this is important. When yeah. I got into the industry, I got into it because my wife was in it. Mm. And, you know, it's no different today. Um, this is back in the late 80s, early 90s. 98% of the, the, uh, the service providers were hairdressers. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, I always say this, I say this as my staff, but the reason why the men are the only ones that seem to raise their prices and charge a lot, right? Two reasons. One, yeah, they, they're perceived, right, you know, as the you know, minority and, and, and yeah, I, I don't necessarily buy into that as much, but it's because they physically and literally have the balls, okay? And, and what I mean by that is, Men are, are, are arrogant, right? We don't care. We're like, damn it, I deserve that. And that really frustrated me, and that was going to be something that my wife 
and none of my hairdressers, who are predominantly women, were going to suffer from. I wanted them to be proud of the training, of the education, of, of the impact that they had on people's lives, that they gave people a bounce that when they after they met with them because the way they made them feel physically, emotionally, and psychologically. And to that, there comes a cost. And I, I don't want these women to grow up in a career and 30 years later still be charging only a few dollars more, right? And I had it happen to my mom, I had it happen to my wife's mom, and I had it happen to my wife's grandmother that, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, all the income, all the benefits, all the hospitalization, all the retirement were with their husbands. And when their husband decide, husbands, all three, decided to leave them, they were screwed. They had nothing. And then they had to start working and with kids at home, and they never had worked that much. Um, they had no marketable skills. And all three of them, and many more, had to work the rest of their life past the years they wanted to in jobs they didn't want to work, prisoners to bosses they didn't like because they didn't have the freedom. And so my goal for my wife and all my female employees is you're going to have freedom. You are going to make a lot of money and have the freedom that in 15 years, 20 years, should you want to take all the money you've made and go buy a second house, retire, you can't. If you love this career and you still want to do it, you want to do it two days a week or five, you can't. But you won't be a prisoner to a job, a boss, or a, 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 a significant other because they have the benefits, they have the pay, you will have the pay, you will have the benefits, and you will be able to make choices based on your own. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't expecting that to come up and you hit a nerve, but that's really important yeah. to me. And I yeah. get mad. I don't want women in any industry, women that work for me, to, uh, I want them to be charged as much, if not more than a man, if they deserve to. And I want them to, you know, have all the benefits and rewards and, mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, that, that's very important to me. And for the most part, that has really, really happened. Um, and I'm very proud of that. I mean, man, I feel inspired. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's, that's pretty great, man. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, and I, I, if there was something, I mean, that's, inspiration i think for 30 days to grow as well because it's about having the confidence in yourself to to do what 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 you should do and, and be valued for what you really are um and not do yourself down and that really speaks to that um i guess is there anything that you'd like to say generally to salon owners out there about 30 days to grow um about taking steps to grow their business is there anything uh I wanted to make sure all my salon coordinators yeah. are listening to this and they pass it on. And, you know, you're probably asking for this, but I think the most valuable thing, better than any of your subject matter experts that you're interviewing, is what your salon owners do, end up doing. I hope they're sharing back with you, mm. and that can be shared with everyone because, you know, there's, there's amazing, you know, golden nuggets out there that's low-hanging fruit mm. that... You know, I would love for you know you guys to be providing this this yeah. bank of moments of magic that I could be like, damn, I didn't think of that. We should be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, you guys uh, really, really impressed me so much um, after you know the experience I had, the way you treat your employees, the way you treat your customers, 
that you know this, but I doubt anyone listening know this, is last summer I sent um, a, a, a person out to work for you for the summer as an internship, a, a family member. And now uh, this summer I sent another uh, close friend of mine's daughter. And, you know, um, that's taking a risk on my end because if it was a flop or they come back and they hate it, you know, I, it could hurt a friendship. And I have no, I have 100% confidence um, like they did last year, come back, and they can't stop thanking me for the introduction. And that's just my trust in the culture that you've created out there. And, uh, you know, next year I hope to send my one of my sons out there because yep. I just think it's yep. a great experience that you're doing. John, that's been fantastic as ever, man. We, we really appreciate it. We Thank really you appreciate so it. Thanks time. a million, John. Thanks yep. for joining us today. Thank Absolute you. pleasure. Really yeah. appreciate it. So that was John DeJulius, so we uh, some really good insights in there. Yeah, and Ronan had really brilliant questions for him. It showed like that they had that relationship before. Uh, obvious that there's a bit of a bond there. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I spent most of that interview just like trying to hold back all the laughing. And, uh, I know, I know. Uh, I kept looking at you as well. <laughs> <laughs> it was at times where it felt a little awkward, but then it was just like, ah, no, it was good. Um, yeah. But yeah, even the likes of the 5E stuff like that. So take note, guys. Um, brilliant. So just moving on from there now, Zoe. So the Forest Academy webinars. So we have coming up on Monday, July 24th, um, the Salon Facebook Masterclass. And that's from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. UK Ireland time and 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. US Eastern time. Uh, so that's led by Chris Brennan. It's a monthly one. Uh, you get to learn how to use your Facebook insights, boost posts, uh, run ads and stuff like that. And as Chris Brennan, our head of content, so he kind of kind of knows a thing or two of what he's talking about there. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the other one coming up right after is on Wednesday, August 2nd. So it's a little further down the line, but that's the Salon Retailing Masterclass. And again, same times, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. UK Ireland time, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. US Eastern Time and that is actually led by myself yours truly uh, and so there I just show you basically for an hour I talk about how to build a salon retailing culture within uh, your team and uh, break down the barriers of selling retail so if you want to join in on any of those two webinars now you go onto our Facebook page into the event section and click on which one you want there's a link there for tickets uh, tickets are free obviously it's just to save your spot on on the day and then you'll get a uh, personal link for uh, joining the webinar that day and both of those would actually work well for your 30 days to grow challenge so if you're involved in our 30 days to grow challenge mm. definitely check out those webinars to get a little uh, head start or kind of cheat on your challenge or even just as a follow-up because realistically 30 days to grow is going to end just before the salon retailing one but it's a really nice follow-up if you've done the whole challenge throughout the month yeah because we're just over halfway now isn't it just the 17 today yeah yeah cool so um as always, guys, who do you want, who do you want to hear on the show next? Uh, give us a shout. Feedback. Yeah, leave us some feedback. If you're enjoying it, let us know. If you hate it, also let us know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, have an amazing week, and we'll catch you next Monday for a blog episode. All the best. <laughs>